Alright, we're back with another episode of Eat Sleep Bedlam. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Eat Sleep Bedlam. Uh, follow us on YouTube at Eat Sleep Bedlam Pod. Uh, we're on Google, Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast, we are there. Sorry for getting this out so late. We've been just really busy. Obviously, NFL playoffs are going on. Uh, it's been snowing here. I guess, Landon, you got some snow too, so... Um, Supposedly had to work a little bit, you know, working for a power company in Texas is yeah. real fun. When it gets oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what a crazy week since the last time we talked. We had the greatest college football coach ever, probably. I mean, I say he is. Uh, he retires, yeah. shockingly. Um, but we've also had some um, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State news. We'll start with football. Um, Oklahoma, they got um, Casey Thompson, which we've teased for a while. He finally did commit. And... I can't remember exactly what day. I think he committed on 1-11. I believe it was on the 11th. And it was because him and his dad and his brother all wore number one or number 11 at OU. So he wanted to – that's why he committed on that day. And so he ends up committing, which is – we've talked. We've already talked about it, Zach and I, about how big it is to have someone with that kind of experience. I know some OU fans were happy with him coming, and it's like, I don't, I don't know why you would be upset with a backup quarterback with a lot yeah. of experience coming. It doesn't make sense. But – so we've talked about that. Also, they officially announced Zach Alley as defensive coordinator. Um, says he's co-defensive coordinator because Bates and Vly were already co's. And I'm assuming that's staying the same. I, I haven't looked. Probably should have looked at their website right before. I'm sure it's updated by now with who is what. But um, So those are the big football news. Zach, any quick takeaways? I know we've already pretty much touched on both of those things a lot, but any other takeaways? No, not really. Um, already hit Casey Thompson, but... Yeah, that's a, that's a big get. You don't want to be in that Davis Bevel situation again. No, no uh, shot towards him, but you just you don't want to be in that situation again. So, yeah, I I don't I'm with you. I don't know why OU fans. I saw the same stuff on Twitter, and it's like, why are you complaining that we went and got a veteran backup quarterback? Yeah, Hopefully I mean, if he, he was the, plays. if he was the starter, like I get it, you'd be like, why can't you get someone a little better? But I mean, he's your backup. Hopefully, he never plays. But if he does, you at least are somewhat common do people not remember him torching a lot a lot of people that 2021 season he actually played really well i think he like torched oklahoma <laughs> he did torch oklahoma but a lot of people did but <laughs> i i think they were saying like he had the most five touchdown games in a season in texas history or something like that that year so i mean Maybe. he had a really good year um that yeah. season but side note i had to look up his recruiting profile do you, he was listed as a dual threat quarterback do you know who was the number one dual threat quarterback that year who was it Justin Fields. Justin Fields? Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's a lot better. What was Casey ranked on that? Oh. Is he top five? He, no. He was a five-star, was, wasn't he? No. no he, he was, was a he was a three-star. He was oh, ranked right. number 16 dual threat. This is according to 247, maybe other places. Okay. He might have been a I mean, four He was the same rival. class as Spencer Sanders. Yeah. Gotcha. That's right. Yeah. The yeah. thing I saw was a four-star, not five. Yeah. I think he might I think have been that was a on three, or something, but yeah. Um. Landon, you guys got a, a transfer, uh transfer running back from Arkansas, AJ Green, which might be the most common name in all, all of sports. I mean, AJ Green's do great at Oklahoma State. I mean, the corner was good, so we're hoping uh we'll repeat that. Uh yeah, he's pretty good. Good change of pace guy, 5'11, about I think 205, 210. Uh doesn't have a ton of carries on him. I mean, last year, 67. Uh, but he's pretty consistent, gets about 4.8 yards a carry, has every year for varying degrees of a you know amount of carries uh looks like he could be a good compliment to ollie gordon um definitely looks like he has better vision than jade nixon and more explosion than elijah collins so hopefully he can be like a true backup and they don't have to try to figure out 
who to throw out there to spell Ollie Gordon. Yeah, OSU is going to be a fun team to watch next year and kind of see how they navigate the Big 12. Zach and I were really high in Arizona. Well, their coach just left and went to Washington. So, oh, that knows? what happened? I saw like tweets yeah. about you feel bad for Arizona, but I was too lazy to find out what the rest well, of the and he did the was. he did the Lincoln Riley where he called a team meeting, walked in, said I'm leaving for Washington, and walked right out. Like literally, apparently that. DeBoer did pretty something, did pretty much the same thing. I when saw he that too. Left for yeah, Alabama. Well, yeah. It, it's kind of crappy on DeBoer because Washington wanted him to stay. Like they offered, yeah. they doubled his salary. They were going to pay him like eight million a year or something. He was making four or something along those lines. The Arizona situation's weird because. Arizona met with him and from the reports that I read, it was like Arizona wanted him to stay, but they, it wasn't a priority. Like they weren't going to, you know, give him a raise or anything like that. It was one of those, he was walking in the meeting thinking they were going to like try to, you know, negotiate with him. And they were just like, are you leaving or staying or what? And then he met with Washington and obviously took that job. So it sounds like he was pretty upset with, that whole deal. Um, like the, but I, I know Jaron knows, but Landon, do you know who is the likely candidate to be the head coach for Arizona now? Matt Campbell. It is <laughs> Pete Carroll's son, who is currently the offense coordinator. Oh, dang. It's not Matt funny. It, that would be funny. <laughs> no, not Matt Campbell. I'm wondering if the quarterback, leaves, though, if the quarterback and the receiver that they're high school buddies, if they take off and go somewhere else. Yeah. Washington needs that now, so maybe they follow Jed Fish up there. I don't know. But Washington could be pretty decent if they go up there. Yeah. yeah, I will say, and kind of talking about that a little bit, him being upset with them not giving him more money, that's just how it is at a basketball school. I mean, it really is. If you're a really good football coach at a basketball school, you're just not a priority. Yeah. I mean, it's just how it is. I mean, Lance Leipold is probably the one that gets, like, has the most, have done the most in terms of Kansas has given him, you know, different – uh, pay raises, but even if if Washington came and offered him ten million, Kansas didn't match that. You know, they, they well, wouldn't with, do that. With that being said, since we're on the uh, coaching carousel topic, um, Nick Saban, we you mentioned him earlier, retires. What, what was your thought process, or what was your um, thoughts, I guess, on that when you saw the news, Landon and Jaron? Where did you go first? I mean, you knew it was coming. Yeah. Not not like the, I didn't expect it this year. I expected it probably in the next like three to four years. Um, I mean, he had a lot of the obviously there's a few guys going to the they always have a few guys going pro. But with how many guys they had coming back, I kind of figured he'd run it back for one more year to try to go out on top since, yeah. you know, he'd have a veteran team. But I don't know. I was listening to uh, some people talk about it who had just been around the program a lot. And they said, looking back on it, you can kind of, there were some signs this year that he was getting ready to hang it up i was well, gonna he, say that because right, right when he retired my first reaction was kind of shocked not because i didn't like he's older so you knew it was coming but it also felt like he might die as the alabama coach because he'd just be there forever but after i sat there and thought i'm like we should have seen some signs like him being on pat mcafee's show every week nick Saban doesn't do that five years ago like that, there's no way he does that kind of stuff five years ago. So that should, and he's already, we've seen the last couple of years, he's done more guest appearances on game day and all this stuff. And that's stuff he would not have done years ago. I mean, so that, oh, there were some signs like that. I think we, we should have known it was coming, but like Landon said, I thought it would actually be the following year, not this upcoming year, but it also makes sense too, because now we're going into the 12 team playoff, the new realignment. So it makes sense that he's like, 
I just want to leave now. So yeah. Well, he he had mentioned too about his health, not that he's having major health concerns, but he didn't want to start having major health concerns because of his job and the stress that it comes with it. So on a more lighthearted note, um, I saw Oklahoma's Twitter do it first, their Barstool account, and said Nick Saban just didn't want to come to Norman next year. And then I also saw Oklahoma State follow that with, well, Nick Saban knows that Oklahoma State's on the schedule in a couple seasons, so he's getting out before he has to face them. So you can always leave it to the Barstool accounts to um, get to the bottom of the real story. Yeah, yeah. Does he want to come to Norman? Does he want to come to Stillwater? Is he having health reasons? But we're going to stick with the he doesn't want to come to Oklahoma. Well, and he did talk about how this year he had to have more of a hand on the defensive side and just all that extra work for him that he could have done five, ten years ago was just wearing on him. Now, I want, I'm, I, I'm, he probably had to do that because, you know, his defense coordinator retired too this mm-hmm. offseason. So I was kind of thinking, well, what if you hired someone that could fully take it over? But maybe he didn't want to go through the hiring yeah. process again and do all that stuff, even though I know he was – he was literally interviewing – he told he was interviewing coaches – Five minutes before he yeah. went and told the team, and even after he finished interviewing the coaches, he had to call Miss Terry, his wife, and still find out if he wanted to do that or not. <laughs> he still had not decided. I think losing the Miss Terry stories is like the biggest loss. I of- yes, <laughs> those Miss Terry stories are hilarious. Well, my my favorite one, but then we'll the get dude to retires. Yeah, my yeah. favorite yeah. one. No, is- the- Go ahead. I was just going to say the dude retires and then the very next morning at like five 30, he's rolling up on campus, getting out of his car. And it's like, yeah. and yeah. you just see all the tweets, you know, like I can assure you the day I retire from my full-time job, I will not be going yeah. back at five 30 yeah. the next morning. I bet that was for the ESPN interview that he did the Probably. long one, but my favorite miss Terry story before we get into basketball and stuff is the one where he's talking about her longtime boyfriend um, ran the gas station and he went back for a, they was like they were honoring Nick Saban. It was like a Nick Saban day because he'd been the coach at Alabama. And they drove by the gas station where that guy was working. He goes, see, Miss Terry, that would have been your future. You'd have been married to the guy that owned that gas station. She goes, no, I wouldn't have. I would have been married to the head coach of Alabama. I'm talking about she's the reason why he got that job. That's my favorite uh, Miss Terry story. But all right, let's get into uh, well, real quick. Hey, Quick trivia question. Yes. Of the three like legendary coaches, Belichick, Carroll, and Saban, yeah. that all are gone after this week, who's the youngest? Well, it's real quick, it is weird that our childhood literally is pretty much <laughs> done with all those three gone. But I believe, because I want to say Saban and Belichick are actually the same age. Or I think it's Carroll. I think it's Carroll, too. Belichick's the youngest. Is he the youngest? Okay. He probably is the oldest. oldest. So yeah. I wonder if um, Belichick and Saban are – a few months apart or something because I, I thought they were both 72, but maybe they're not. Carol and uh, Saban are both 72 and 71. Belichick 71. Gotcha. Gotcha. Does, uh, does Jerry Jones reach out to old Nick Saban and see if he wants to come back to the NFL? All three of them are going to be coaching for the Dallas Cowboys. next. <laughs> I told Landon, I'm already ready for the rumors of Belichick getting that job next. If, if McCarthy gets fired, but I am okay with that. Just hire like Ben Johnson to be the head coach and Belichick can run the defense for Yeah, <laughs> Exactly. Um, we do want to mention actually, I guess wrestling. Y'all had a good wrestling meet this weekend against Pittsburgh and West Virginia, correct? Yeah, two separate duels this weekend. Uh, Pittsburgh was Friday and then West Virginia was today. Uh, both won easily. Uh, only real news coming out of it was the guy whose name I have no idea how to say his last name, who's a transfer. I think it's Isaac Alejnik. Mm. Uh, lost his first match this year, so I mean. 
Uh, he is not unbeatable, which he looked like it up till that point. Like, I mean, he yeah. was just eliminated people and then he lost one, but yeah, undefeated on the season. Uh, they're really, t- apparently the takedowns went up from two points to three points. And uh, apparently a lot of guys are taking advantage of that and kind of running up the score. Gotcha. And then uh, women's jam, we mentioned it last time. Oh, you actually won that uh, meet against uh, LSU, Utah, and I can't remember who we said the other one was, but um, Utah was the number two team in the country. They actually got last in the meet. Oh, you got first, LSU got second. And then the softball top 25 came out because it's right around the corner. Uh, Shocker, OU's number one, and, and then OSU's at 14, so they're right up there too. So uh, two ranked. Oh, I thought that was too high and too low. You know what I mean? Like you just yeah. based on how they've done lately, you'd expect you get a top ten ranking, but they did lose a lot of people. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So it kind of made sense. But all right, basketball. It was a rough week for both schools. Uh, last time we were, t- we'll start with Landon with Oklahoma State oh, because boy. when we were talking uh, Tuesday, <laughs> when we were doing our podcast Tuesday, OSU had just tipped off. Um, that was the Texas Tech game, I believe, because they just yep. played Iowa State. So they were uh, winning at that point. Y'all were winning and playing really well, and then it kind of fell off. It after that. real quick. Yeah. yeah, that game was just bad. I don't even yeah. know. The second half, it was a different team. And then what happened in Iowa State? First off, the game was bad, but the worst part was the travel situation. Yeah. Their flight couldn't get out on was it the night before. So then the next, they had to get up early the next morning, drive to Oklahoma City. Then they had to like drive to Norman and they flew into Des Moines and then had to drive a hour bus from Des Moines to Ames. Yeah. And they got there like an hour before tip off. They had to move tip to begin with because the guys who were supposed to call the game for ESPN two couldn't get to Ames, So mm-hmm. it was a nightmare. It was never going to be good. And it was real bad. <laughs> it was real bad. Um, that's the, my official breakdown of this game. It was real bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you they, were telling they me it had... was the lowest scoring game for Oklahoma state in like 20 years or something like that. Oh wait, no, excuse me. It was actually 2020 in a uh, right okay. before the pandemic. Okay. They, uh, they had a weird game where they scored 40 points. Okay. And that one, they, uh, and the one against um, Iowa State, they scored 42, 62, uh, 66 to 42 was the final on that one. Not breaking, uh, got to stay off that record book that way. Just get yeah. those points. Yeah. yeah. Bryce Thompson was in foul trouble a lot of the Iowa State games, so he really didn't play as much. He only shot it eight times. But, I mean, Garrison had one point, and then Williams, the other starting, he's like a small forward shooting guard type player. He didn't score at all. And so that was just a it was a weird game. The Texas Tech game, they played really well because when we got off our last podcast, I hopped on and started watching a little bit of it. And the right before halftime, they really kind of gave up probably a six or seven point swing, went into half down nine, and then they ended up losing by 18, 17 or 27. 18. Or 17, sorry, 17. Okay. I was like, dang, that was way more. They actually that. scored well in that one. 73. They yeah. just it was their worst defense at night. They allowed 90. So one of the worst defensive nights under Boynton. Yeah. Ever. Big 12 yeah. basketball, though. I mean, Houston started. I mean, they're one of the best teams in the country, and they've started Big 12 0 and 2. Texas loses again um, to West Virginia. Oh, I mean, we'll talk about OU here in a second. They dropped two straight. Um, it's There's no telling. We Where? we thought, we I really thought West Virginia was the worst team in the league. And you know, I, I don't want to bring OSU down, it's but OSU. I think OSU's probably the worst team in the league right now. Um, just by how things have played out. But, uh, well, since we're talking about OSU, we talked about Mike Borton, Mike Boyton, a couple podcasts ago, and then la- I think his job's done. I don't think there's 
he would have to go on a massive winning streak to keep his job at this point. Mm -hmm. And I hate it because I think he really is a good guy, a good face of the program, but just got to win basketball games. And it's been able to turn that corner. Yeah, no. And we were talking about how hard it is to win on the road in this conference. First off, Houston goes 0-2 on the road this week. So ask them if you think it's easy. But I'm looking at all the games this week on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Saturday. Only three home teams lost, and that was Cincinnati lost by one to Texas on Tuesday. West Virginia lost to Kansas State on uh, also on Tuesday. And then UCF lost to 18th-ranked BYU by five on Saturday. But they beat Kansas on Wednesday at home. So, like, those are your only three losses at home. Everyone, all, other than that, all the home teams won. And that's why, like, we were talking about if you can win three games on the road, that might actually be really good. Even though you're yeah. three and six, that might be, like – an achievement we saw oh you obviously lost to tcu on tuesday and and th- again it's a, co- a common theme on tuesday or on wednesday and also on saturday is they go through these offensive lulls at the worst times where it's like four or five minutes where they just can't score and i was i actually wrote a story about this today and all their games that they've lost their three games that they've lost they've turned it over on average 14 times i think it's like 14.3 and they've only four six turnovers per game so they're losing the turnover battle really bad. Like we will, if you go look at the stats in the Kansas game, oh, you actually competitive with them. Like the field goal percentage isn't far off. They shot better from three. They shot pretty much the same amount of free throws. Um, shockingly, oh, you out rebounds Kansas and has more offensive rebounds. But then you go to the turnovers and it's eleven to two on turnovers, and that's that's the difference in the game right there. Especially because Kansas was scoring on a lot of them, but. It's hard to win on the road. OU loses to TCU at, on the road, and then TCU beats Houston at home too. So it's not easy to win on the road in, in Big 12 play. Yeah, the TCU game, well, one thing I will say about OU is they're not getting blown out. As bad yeah. as they play, they seem to show enough fight where they at least keep it interesting. Um, I mean, the TCU and the Kansas game, I never thought midway through the second half that we were actually going to win or had a chance to win. But they at least kept it within, you know, fighting distance and they're not just, you know, quitting and giving up. So there's some there's some promise to that. I think they're still a good basketball team. But like Jaron said, their offensive lows, the TCU game, they had 14 turnovers and they had 20 fouls. And I think they had 11 or 12 fouls in the first half. Um, so they were fighting foul trouble most of that game. They really weren't shooting the ball well. Um, they shot 70 percent from the free throw line and they shot 28 percent from three. So. That's not going to get it done on the road. The Kansas game, it was weird because Kansas really punched them in the mouth right to get right off the get-go. And I was like, this is going to be a long day. But then OU really battled back, cut it to one um, going into half, and then played pretty decent in the second half. Hunter Dickinson, obviously, one of the best players in the country. He had 24 points, 14 rebounds. OU had no answer for him. Mm-hmm. And then K.J. Adams, he had 15 points, but I'm pretty sure all his 15 points were in the first half because he was yep. going crazy in the first half. And then, obviously, McCuller, he got it going in the second half. But J.V. McCollum had 17 points, um, played really well. Miles Uzan had 15. And then a guy that really hasn't played at all, um, Luke Northweather, kind of a fun name. Uh, literally, I have I've seen him come in for like a minute, like right before halftime. Someone's in foul trouble. And it's like one of those guys. He just doesn't. He's tall, but doesn't really look like a D one basketball player. Comes in, hits two big threes to really make it interesting. Kansas had all their um, starters on the bench. He hits two threes. 
Bill Self puts all his starters back in. And he actually, I think he played, let's see, I have it right here. He played eight minutes and he was two for three from three and had six points and assists. So um, just another guy you could throw out there if you really need him to. But like Darren said, it's hard to win on the road. OU's got West Virginia coming up at home. I think that's a must win. Have you to win that one. Have to win that. If you lose that, you're really in trouble. Yeah. Um, and then you go to Cincinnati and then you get Texas at home. OSU. As far as their upcoming schedule, their next game doesn't get any easier, unfortunately, for them. The they 12, play. So yeah, on. that's true. <laughs> but they play probably the best team in the Big 12 right now, which is Kansas. They play them um, in Stillwater. So maybe Galibur Iba can, you know, get it going like Landon's background right there and get rocking and, you know, pull off a miracle and storm the court or something. And then they oh, go to Kansas State. Actually, so. that'll be the one game we'll win. Yeah. It, 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 could, it wouldn't surprise me. we'll go beat Kansas. At, in Kansas, those are the two options. Yeah, in yeah. Lawrence, they lose yeah. every other game. Which yeah. you play, you play in Lawrence at Kansas at the end of this month, so you get Kansas twice in January. There you go. Got to what a way, what a way to close the year, <laughs> what a way to close the month. But I, I'm looking at the, you know, the the TCU game and also the Kansas game. They just didn't get much off the bench. Now I know John Hughley had 14 in the TCU game, but that's because Godwin was in foul trouble the whole game, so he basically started and played. I mean, he played. 22 minutes Godwin only played 13 because of foul trouble but outside of him uh Caden Cooper now he only played a minute but he got zero points but Soares gets three points in 22 minutes uh Darthard you know one point oh for six from three we were just talking about how well he had started to shoot uh but he only gives you one point in that one and then in the Kansas game you know Northweather has six but Hughley has three and then Soares has two and Darthard has zero I mean that's your bench you just you're not going to win very many games that way now, I will say this also on the flip side. I think the bench is what's going to hurt Kansas, too. They only had four points off the bench, but they have a big four, and so they're able to overcome it in their starting lineup. I mean, 21 for McKeeler, 24 for Dickinson, 15 for Adams, and Harris has been there forever. Now, he didn't have a great game, but he had eight assists. Um, but if you look at their lineup, Adams had 40 minutes. Harris played 40 minutes. McKeeler played 39 minutes. I mean, that's going to be tough come uh, NCAA tournament for them if they don't have any help from the bench either. They only had one guy that played double digits off the bench, and that's Jackson, who played 18 minutes. Everyone else played seven minutes. Yeah, if Kansas gets a guy hurt or yeah. a guy in foul trouble, they, that's going to really hurt him down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, now, yeah, we have to really... real bad there. They should get rid of him. Yeah, right? He should come back. Send him to Stillwater? Yeah, he's all the water. He should come home. <laughs> I remember um, when uh, people thought that was going to happen right before they hired Boynton. They thought that was um, the only time I was actually hoping they were going to hire Gottlieb, but uh, yeah, I know a lot of people were. And honestly, if if they let go of Boyden, I bet they explore that again. They probably will. He had a good plan. He was going to do one of those where you bring in all the ex NBA players to be assistant coaches. Use that as a a recruiting pitch. Yeah. Yeah. Now we we haven't talked much about this is Landon's favorite sport, um, women's college basketball. Um, Hey, we're good at that. We're yeah, winning in those games. Avid <laughs> women's college basketball fan. OU's 10 and 6. OSU's 9 and 5, I think, somewhere in there. Um, both of those teams have won some games pretty handily, and they've also got handed a couple of games to them. Um, so something to keep an eye on there come, you know, March. I think both of those teams are probably going to end up tournament teams, but they've got to really make a push in conference play too. And 
again, the Big 12, even in women's basketball, is pretty tough. So Yeah, they both got a long ways to go. They're both actually 10-6. and six. OU, surprisingly, is 4-1 and one in conference play, so they're actually playing really good. OSU's 3-2 and two in conference play. The one conference game I watched OU play this year was Kansas State, and they got beat by they like got smoked 27 or something. Uh, they, they smoked Texas Tech uh, Saturday, and they've smoked BYU and Cincinnati also. So they won those three, and then they got Houston coming up on Saturday, but – We'll see, because they, they started the year really good, OU women's basketball, and then they kind of went through a stretch where they lost, I think, like three or four in a row and kind of stumbled. And you remember, they beat, like, number 12 Ole Miss at Ole Miss early in the year, and they just kind of stumbled after that, lost some games they shouldn't have uh, lost. But they've started Big 12 play well, and so has OSU, really. Yeah. And the last podcast, I, uh, I asked you guys what you thought about the Cowboys game. Obviously, that didn't go as planned. Um, I'm not trying to reopen sore wounds. I know that's still fresh. Um, but on to the NFL as to tomorrow, we've got two former Oklahoma and Oklahoma State quarterbacks starting in their yeah. postseason. Uh, this is Mason's first postseason start. Baker's been in the postseason with Cleveland and Jalen. Um, and Jalen. Yeah, Baker based Jalen. Jalen's already been to a yeah, Super Bowl, he's so he's too. not. <laughs> Jalen Warren is playing, uh, running back for the Steelers, yeah, and Jalen Hurts for Oklahoma. So, yeah, uh, Tampa Bay will host Philadelphia tomorrow, uh, which will be Sunday, and then Pittsburgh will play Monday. at Buffalo on Monday. Yeah, Monday. Um, I'm sure the weather have, will be great. Hopefully they have that stadium cleared out. The <laughs> have fans have been working really seen hard. those videos when they canceled the game, how bad the weather was? That was insane. I want to go to a game at Buffalo so bad, but I want it to be like in August. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) I want to see Bill's Mafia, but I don't want to see Bill's Mafia when it's in the snow. Yeah. Although, did you see that they. It's not fun. Did you see they had fans come and um, uh, volunteer to shovel snow? Yeah. And they started sliding down shirtless down the stands. (laughs) Well, it's like the the Chiefs game. I mean, that. Buffalo is way too. colder and way more snow than Kansas City had. But Kansas City, they had guys out there shirtless. They were showing, you know, pictures and videos of people. They'd go spend 20 bucks on a beer, get back to their seat, and their beer would be completely frozen. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. I will say I, I this, and I get that everyone has to play in that weather, but that kind of weather benefits since uh, benefits Kansas City way more than, than the Dolphins. Yeah. As you knew, as soon as as soon as you heard that weather was coming, you knew the Dolphins were losing because they're a team that they need the weather to be well because they're a flashy team and that's what a lot of flashy teams need. You could tell early they didn't want to be there. And so I guess I hate the term football weather. I can't remember who tweeted this a few years ago. They're like, what people call football weather is just bad weather in states that usually suck at football. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. I've always said because it's true. Yeah. That doesn't happen in Texas. We don't play football in that. We don't play football yeah. in that in Florida. Like I would, I would rather both teams being at their best in terms of like the weather doesn't affect it. And so I'd rather have a dome. Now I know with the dome you usually have to have artificial turf, which that also causes more injuries. I get all that, Maybe. but there's been studies. There's not yeah. sure. Yeah, <laughs> and they're not fully sure. But players talk about how much they hate it. You never know. The person but... started as David Bakhtiari, and I don't believe anything that man says. Yeah. He's about the biggest conspiracy theorist as Aaron Rodgers is. Well, that's you know, why they got along so good. They're best buddies. So, yeah. um, but yeah, I, I've always thought, man, get it in a dome, or if you know the weather's gonna be bad, dome move it. warm weather. Yeah, that's move it to warm weather. Or just have a retractable weather. roof. Yeah, I, I mean, a lot of teams do that. 
was now correct me if I, I might be completely wrong on this, but didn't the Cardinals don't they grow their grass and then bring it in to yes, their dome? They do. So it's actual real grass, right? Yes. Yeah, that can be done. Yes. It's yeah. So you could do that. Now I know it's a complex process. The uh, the the Los the SoFi Stadium they do the same thing because they had that grass produced by Oklahoma State. Yeah. Um, yeah. For the Super Bowl last year. Hey, OU uses our grass too. So I mean, don't be hating on it. Yeah. Now maybe great article. Agriculture can't even say the word school, obviously. Uh, they produce great grass We're now, big, it might be and not the marijuana grass. <laughs> now, it might be one of those things I know there they have any of those stores you can get that though. <laughs> I know they have the, the field outside so it gets a certain amount of sunlight before they bring it in and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, maybe in like cold environments, it'd be hard to do that. I don't know, but I, I think you could at least figure it out where you're not playing in these crazy weather and it determining the, the outcome. I do love watching those games though, just because it's they so are fun to watch. Insane. But I it kind of sucks that how hard the wind is blowing that day yeah. can like keep you from winning a Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, well I mean well, it's like, like it's like when you play NCAA or Madden, you know, sometimes you just get that itch and you have to turn the weather to like complete snow. But a, yeah. a perfect example, like if the Bucks and Eagles were playing in a snow game tomorrow, let's say, that favors the Eagles so much because they're a ground and pound team, whereas the Bucks cannot run the football at all. Like they, yeah, they have, just do the tush push every play. Yeah, and so literally the Bucks would no chance. Whereas now that they're playing in seventy degree Florida weather, they actually have a chance to win the game. Yeah. But so that's the kind of stuff I don't like because it's like. And I get again, everyone's playing in it, but some teams are better at other things than other teams. And people are used to it. Like if you yeah. live all year in Buffalo, you're just going to be a little more prepared for whatever the heck that weather is. Well, that's what Kurt <laughs> Warner. I saw an interview with Kurt Warner, and he said he always wanted to play. He thought every game should be in a dome because I wanted you at your best, me at my best. He said they used to always say, "Well, you're both playing in it," and he goes. Yeah, but New England plays in it all the time. So me going to New England, it's a whole new world for me, but it's not a whole new world for them. So, and that's true. That's true. Yeah. They play in it all the time. So, uh, and, and he also talked about it's hard for you to prepare because they practice in Arizona do. and they go out there, whereas they're practicing in that cold weather New England is, for example. Yeah. And so it's harder to practice for that. But we went on a tangent right there. But uh, well, definitely some OU theorists out there who think the government controls the weather. Yeah, you know, get them to control it for football games. Yeah, See if we can get on uh, that. But yeah, several OU and OSU players tomorrow. Now that that Bills game got moved, um, tomorrow it's at three thirty, right? Yeah, three thirty. I was really mad at that for a minute, and then I remembered I was off. Yeah, <laughs> I I was shocked. Eagles and Bucks got Monday night. I thought that was perfect for Lions and Rams. Personally, I forgot there was Monday night playoff football. I was like. I think their game starting at seven fifteen and seven thirty today. I think this is the only week they do it. Yeah, it is. But yeah, actually, super wild card weekend. And we've only got a couple minutes left before this thing ends. But Lions and Rams are going on right now as we speak. We'll know the winner of that before this thing even gets posted. Uh, As we speak, it's Detroit up twenty four to twenty. Quick thought: Rodriguez, Malcolm Rodriguez in that one. Kind of, yeah, Malcolm Rodriguez, another OSU player in that, in that game. Um, Matthew Stafford, all he did for Detroit, I mean, granted, they never won, but they loved him. It wasn't like he demanded a trade. They traded him. They have booed him the entire game. Have they for really? whatever reason, I'm just like, what? I think some of it is honestly because his wife got super sensitive about like some of the stuff that was like 
Because there was the whole thing. People were like, oh, we should like not wear Matthew Stafford jerseys coming to this game, which I kind of get. I did see that. I that get was that. And she got like kind of butthurt about it. So I think that's probably why they're booing. I mean, she's a wonderful woman based off of everything yeah. I've heard. But like, that's just a hilarious and a very also a very sports fan thing to do. Like, yeah. oh, your relative, your wife said this. We're going to boo you now. They definitely yeah. left it, on good terms. It was more of that. We're rebuilding where do you want to go? Okay, we'll send you there. We'll get golf. Like, it was. Yeah, it was a- I think it's one of those things where, like, because his a family member of his says something, they decided to boo him. It's his yeah, first time it, back, right? I'm pretty it sure. Is. It is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they, the, the, the crowd has been chanting Jared Goff pretty much the whole game, and yeah, then they announced him. They announced <laughs> Last Matthew time I looked, Stafford, and they boo him. And it's been a fun game. It's it definitely makes you think. Is the NFL scripted? You got Mike McCarthy playing Dallas. You've got Stafford returning okay. to Detroit. I, just a bunch of weird Tyreek going back Tyreke. to Kansas. City. Yeah, that, some some weird stuff going on in the NFL. I was like, would they be booing him in the way WWE fans? So we're going to boo you, even though we like you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely could be. Could be. Could be. 100%. And you know what would be crazy if in this game, like when we get off and we can watch it, Stafford has the most comebacks of all time, uh, or or since he came in the league. I mean, yeah. And what if he has the ball with a game-winning drive on the line, and Detroit has to see it one more time? I don't. That'd be crazy to watch, but and we'll, we'll he see. Throws an interception on purpose to send Detroit yeah. to the next. <laughs> I saw some people. I saw a Detroit fan say. Stafford, I rooted for you with the Rams. I was so happy you got the Super Bowl. Now it's time for you to do us a solid. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll He's see. Dealing. Yeah, he was dealing, and um, I don't know if he he still is. But when I looked earlier, Goff was having a Goff big day is too. Yeah, yeah. Both. So they're having yeah, a yeah. Stafford's twenty to twenty eight, two eighty six, two touchdowns as we speak, and then Goff is twenty to twenty three, two fifty five, and a touchdown. So. Once again, going on. Yeah, he caught like a 50-yard touchdown. It's 24 to 20, and um, they're down to like the 30-yard line. So they're about to score. But, yeah. So we'll mm-hmm. get out of here. But well, yeah, uh, there's some good live updates on a game that will yeah. be over by the time you listen to this. How about exactly. that? Exactly. <laughs> um, I don't think we'll have any games before we record our next one. Um, because OU plays Wednesday. I can't remember what is OSU Wednesday too, I think, right? I, think so. I don't know at this point. Even I'm if it's Tuesday, we usually record on Tuesday, so it won't be done before then. But as bad as this season's gone, I've kind of already like yeah. we'll see what happens. Um, OSU uh, plays Kansas Tuesday on ESPN. Okay, so it'll be oh, right. You, you, it'll probably you, right. OSU loses to Kansas Tuesday on ESPN. Yeah, it'll <laughs> probably be right before we record. But uh, yes, follow us on Twitter at Eastley Bedlam. Follow us on YouTube at Eastley Bedlam Pod. Uh, we're on Google, Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast, we're there. So check it out. But until next time, we'll see you guys later. See ya.